This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. All right, we're back. Um, and now we're going to talk about some Antonio Brown. So in lieu of the news that came out today, he could possibly be on the commissioner's exempt list due to sexual assault allegations. But before we get to that, let's jump into his timeline up to this point. Well, as of right now, as we all know, he is now on the Patriots. Uh, and a lot of people thought that this was a match made in heaven due to the fact that Bill Belichick would not allow him probably to uh, act up like he did with the Raiders. But let's take a look. Um, I think it was on Twitter. Yes, it was. Uh, so let's take a look at the A-B timeline. So the first thing that happened was Antonio Brown burns his feet in the cryo chamber for <laughs> for uh, cryotherapy, and uh, his feet were disgusting. Don't so that was the one I, thing. I don't, I don't even know why he showed us his feet. That I was don't know. not necessary. I don't know. And everyone's like, no one wants to see that. Um, and then he files a grievance against the NFL over his helmet. That was a big saga going on between him and the NFL. And he also files another grievance later on that he blo- he lost both. And um, he threatened to retire. Um, so he doesn't go to training camp over the helmet. Um, he comes back. He painted his old helmet. And then people are like, you, you can't wear that helmet. And so that's... <laughs> what, and that happened. Uh, and that was the second grievance. Um, and then he posts his fines onto Instagram um, saying like, oh, even your own team's going to hate you. Uh, Mike Mayock. Yeah, yeah what's wait, up? Wait, wait, wait. Did he think no one would notice it was you his know, helmet? You know, do you remember that though? Yeah, when but he painted like, his helmet? Did, did no one think he... Did, did he think no one would notice? Like... It's not. It's like ah, you got me. Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. What was he the thought point he was. Cause, I don't know. He thought he was gonna get away with it, and he didn't. <laughs> um, yeah. Then he got his fines. It was. It was over fifty thousand dollars, and it was possibly gonna be voiding his um, thirty thirty million. I almost said thirty thousand. Thirty million in guarantees. Um, and then he got oh. the other fine, but he also had the cracker gate. That's what it's called. Uh, that's yeah. That's, that's what it's, what it's called. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I see on Twitter. I'm sure it's made up, but. Uh, yeah, he got into a fight with uh, Mike Mayock over the fines. Uh, they spoke to each other, and they got into a heated exchange, and none other than Vontez Perfect had to break it up between the two. So that was funny. Um, imagine being so crazy that Vontez Perfect has to break it up. But Usually he's initiating it. Uh, but Yeah, but Antonio Brown threatened to punch uh, Mike Mayock in the face as well as call him a cracker. And after that, he punted a football on the field and said, find me for that. Huh. And that's how it ended. And then right after that... Um, he issued an apology. He stood with his. He stood with the captains of the team in front of everyone and said he said his his sorrows, his sorries. And um, right after that, he po- literally right after the apology, he posted the video of um, of John Gruden's him phone. Him and yeah. the phone call with him and John Gruden, which is illegal to record someone it was, it without their so consent. Funny. Just uh, just play football. Like that's yeah, <laughs> that was so funny. He, literally, he said in the video. Can we, is it, can we just can, you're a great football player can you just stop this and play football like John Gruden has done everything he could to support this guy through everything he's gone through like the helmet thing he was with him yeah. and you know he was with him and you know he he was fully expecting him to be ready for week one even though he hasn't practiced but um but but yeah then that happens and he says uh, come on man just just play football it's it's kind of ridiculous now and he says, everyone's making me out to become a villain. It's like, do you want to be a Raider or not? He said, the question is, do you guys want me to be a Raider? And I think this whole time, Antonio Brown didn't want to be a Raider. And we'll, we'll get into that. 
but I, I think it's a little ridiculous. And then after that, he asked for his release on Instagram. He gets his release mm-hmm. later on. And of course, by 4 p.m., he, uh, well, he made himself a free agent. And then by 4 p.m., he was able to sign with any team in the league, signs a one-year deal with the Patriots. It almost sounded fake. And it was almost a joke to everyone. And then it happened. He signed with the Patriots. Yeah. And he's there right now. And the end of the timeline is right now is where his trainer is filing a law. His former trainer is filing a lawsuit for sexual assault allegations and he might be on the commissioner's exempt list, but he practiced today wearing the number one instead of the number 84. Um, so that's an interesting <laughs> little tidbit there. He was wearing the number one instead of 84, which is very weird to look at. Um, but he did practice today. Um, and then it, uh, Bill Belichick had a little press conference or something in, in, in front of everyone um, in the media. And there was too many questions about Antonio Brown. So it ended after like four minutes. And on top of that, Drew Rosenhaus said on, I think, ESPN or SportsCenter, he joined them, someone on SportsCenter, I didn't watch it, but I saw what he said on Twitter, and he said that apparently it's supposedly a money grab, but it's also Drew Ho- Drew Rosenhaus's job to say it's a money grab because he's trying to do everything in his power to protect, protect Antonio Brown from any further discipline. And, uh, yeah, that's everything up till this point. This is, this is way too much. In a matter it's of a like lot, and it's he's been on months. two different teams in in the past couple, in you know just in a month alone. Um, what, what do you be, what do you believe from everyone? Do you think this is kind of a whole conspiracy where he forced himself to become a free agent to sign with the Patriots because supposedly um, Antonio Brown wanted to become a Patriot when he was first uh, being traded um, to the Raiders? I mean, initially he declined to be traded to the Bills, so it didn't happen. That was the first report that came through, and then the Raiders happened. Um, they went over there for a third and a fifth or something like that. And now they basically got nothing out of it. And now he's a Patriot. I, I think he worked his way out of there. I mean, there's a bunch of helmets you could wear. He went through a lot, and now he found a helmet that he could use. Um, and, yeah, man, he was, just, he was just acting up a lot. Do you believe that conspiracy theory that he was working his way out of Oakland in order to be a Patriot? I mean, it's kind of hard to not believe it because like is the helmet couldn't have been that big of an issue there's no way that a helmet was like this much of a problem to him I feel like that was you know kind of the start of him really not wanting to be there and it was kind of him trying to act up to get him out of his contract because he figured hey if like as if as everybody knows if you start acting up Gruden's probably not going to put up with it so. And it turned out that he was like, oh, like, what do you think? Of, there were, the media was like, what do you think, John Gruden, what do you think of uh, Antonio Brown's helmet thing? And he's like, I, I support him. And like, you know, it's a tough time for him. He's trying to find the helmet that he likes. And honestly, though, it was a great move by him because a lot of people were expecting him to be against it. And that's what Mike Tomlin was doing over there in Pittsburgh. He didn't support anything Antonio Brown did. So I figured he was trying to learn from that mistake and, you know, try to make – he did all he that he could to make him happy. And, and not, none of it worked. And honestly – at the end of the day, John Gruden was a big victim of this because at the, all he wanted to do was have Antonio Brown play for him. Uh, he's been watching Antonio Brown. He was in a booth, um, mm-hmm. you know, analyzing Antonio Brown, and he finally has the opportunity to play with him, and he never got the chance to. I mean, he went as far as, like, he was suspended, and then uh, then the next second later, he was ready to go on Monday after the apology. So John Gruden did everything he could, man. And then when he was first talking about the press conference – um, when he when he had another press conference right after he was traded, um, no, not traded, released and then signed by the Patriots, he was just like, there no, there was a reporter that said, hey, like, how does it feel to lose two superstar 
you know, players and, you know, in the span of the time you've been working here. He's like, well, I actually met Antonio Brown. I didn't meet Khalil Mack, but, um, you know, I wish him the best and stuff like that. But yeah, I feel bad, I feel bad for John Gruden, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not it's not all his fault. And I feel like it's kind of at the point to where at the end of the day, Antonio is about Antonio. And he didn't – I personally don't believe he put any thought – about what it was going to do to the Raiders, what it was going to be like. Because, I mean, I know you've talked about the video when we hung out, where when he found out he got released, he was all excited and he ran outside. He was he was Supposedly so that video was, like, staged. Well, I mean, it people were saying that, but he was... Apparently Antonio Brown hired a videographer to just follow him around all day recording him because he knew something was going to go down. And he, so he recorded the reaction, and then somebody said, apparently, when, you know, on the video, it's like, oh, check out um, Adam Schefter's, you know tweet about what just happened and he, he was like pretending to scroll through apparently supposedly i don't know but he, he was overreacting outside like uh, he wanted that reaction he wanted like he wanted to make that reaction it was i don't think it was a true reaction i think it's because the cameras were on and he's like if i if i celebrate then uh you know everyone know will look at it and be, and see that i was the victim here i deserve to be released i don't know i'm, I'm just i'm not a I'm not a fan of what happened. I really, I understand why the Raiders did what they had to do, but it was just, I just feel bad. I feel like he caused all these problems. And I mean, Steelers fans looking at it. Luckily, the Raiders did win week one because yeah, that's I a mean, lot to deal with. Yeah, Apparently, they, a lot of Raiders players were happy that he left. I Well, I mean, yeah, a lot. There was also, I don't know if you saw, but someone, I don't remember what source it came from, but it was on Twitter. And it was saying that uh, it was from his agent, and it was saying that uh, from Antonio's agent saying that um, Antonio had like tried his hardest, and they were trying to work it out, and things just didn't go the way that uh, that they had hoped. And Derek Carr actually tweeted back, and he was just like, "That's a lie." So that's not good either. <sighs> yeah, that was David Carr, right? And. That means a lot's happening behind closed doors we don't know about. And obviously it happens for a lot of NFL teams, but why are you unfollowing Derek Carr on what could on Instagram? What what possibly could Derek Carr have done to make you feel like that? I think he's just making up false narratives. I he's, think that's what's going on. How could I, I could see Ben being an issue because he's been in the league for a while. He knows exactly what he wants, and if he has someone standing in his way, he'll say something and he'll just nothing will come out about it. But Derek Carr, I think he's not at the point of his career where you know, he's accomplished anything that he could have, you know, talked back to Antonio Brown or did anything to disrespect Antonio Brown because mm -hmm. I, I feel like him coming in, he loved Antonio Brown being on the team. He wanted to use him as a weapon. This is someone I could use to, you know, rekindle my career for what for yeah. what it is because I've had a ton of injuries. I have all this money being, you know, shown to me right now through the contract that I signed and I, I really want to prove that I deserve that money. And Antonio Brown does something like that and he now it's just a distraction and... You know, I, I, I don't know. That's it's it's a shame. And I think there was some false narratives that Antonio Brown was trying to portray that no one was falling for, like the Derek Carr situation. But I think I, I, I'm willing to say from the beginning, he probably didn't want to be a Raider. I think like it would have been worse if he, he was forced to be on the Bills. But again, the players have full control. So he didn't end up being a Bill. Mm hmm. But going to the Raiders wasn't worst case scenario. Like it wasn't a bad team to be on. Like they weren't. 
Well, they weren't awful, but they weren't the best in their division. I feel like adding, adding Antonio Brown, he was just like, oh, this could be my shot to be really good. But then after a couple months being in there, he was like, I'm, I'm trying to yeah, get out of here. That's what I was just going to say. I feel like he, from the outside, it looked really good, and it looked like there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of positives going on to that team, but then while being within, he realized, he was oh, like, maybe this isn't where I... it's not what he thought it was, no, no. and then he wanted out because he wants – I mean, he went to the Patriots, and as we've said – it seemed like he wanted to go there the whole time, and he took a huge pay cut. So clearly, money is not as much as what we thought. He's it getting was half for him. of what he was originally. That's what I'm saying. Money, this year. money is not as important to him as we had thought in terms of that deal, because he took a huge pay cut, and now he has a one-year deal. And there's a very, very, very good chance they make it to the Super Bowl and win, and he's going to get that ring finally. <sighs> yeah, and even if he's not active due to the circumstances that's happening right now, he still gets a ring. Yeah. And he's still got some years left to play. And, I mean, it's a one-year deal. Yeah. They kind of need him. I mean, he needs them more than he, they need him. I mean, they, they can get rid of This is a non-risk um, ordeal for the Patriots because if they can, they can get rid of him after a year and not pick up that $20 million option that he has on this contract, then they'll move on and they'll be just fine. They won a Super Bowl without him. They won Super Bowls with Danny Mandola, Chris Hogan, and Julian Edelman. So what makes you think they can't, they can't win without Josh Gordon and Julian Edelman on the lineup? So. Yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a tough, tough season for Raiders fans. Obviously, I mean, like you said, it's a good thing that they came out and they, they got the win. But it's tough because they expected this superstar wide receiver to be on their team, and complete opposite happened. And now, yeah, I mean, they were chanting some things you can't be saying. Fab. Yeah, say we can't be saying what exactly what they said on air, but. They were chanting it, so... It was loud. It was, it was very You heard it on the TV. Yeah, it was very loud. Crazy. So. You know how hard it is for crowd chants to make it there? Like, the only crowd chant you'll hear is, is from our head. Yeah. You know, and, and hear something like that, but... um. Yeah, there's there's very few. I mean, you'll probably hear, like, from the Panthers when Luke Keekley does something, you hear him go, Luke, like you hear... Yeah, yeah, You hear all those, but it's not... That's like, that's a... There's no way there's a positive trend going on in Antonio Brown's career after this, though. What could possibly go right from from here? Yes, being on the Patriots is a great thing, but it's a one year deal, and you and now this issue coming on right now, he may not even play. Um, I think the Patriots are going to fight in every way possible to, for him to play, and that and the trainer that's getting a that's you know accusing Antonio Brown of these allegations is uh is meeting with the NFL, so she's willing to talk to him, and the NFL is going to try to get you know shut her up as much as they can. Yeah, I mean, I think to to end it off with everything like that's happened, I think what it, it really shows a really it's a bad storyline. Obviously, it's it's bad, but on the other side, I just feel like it's it's not good because this is showing you have kids that look up to these guys, and this is showing kids that if you you know he kind of did all the wrong things and he ended up getting the outcome he wanted, and that's not what you want a role model to be doing. You want them. You know, you want somebody that's going to show them how to do things the right way and put in the work and put in the effort and the time and really be that team player. That's what you really want as a role model. And he did none of that. He, he exposed none of that in the last couple months, and he ended up getting his way. So it's yeah. it's a very bad start for the season. And there's no and not going to and to cap it off, like you said before, there's not going to be any investigation. No, not at all. As far as kicking yourself out of your own team to go to the other team that you wanted to be on, there's going to be no investigation. So, yeah. yeah so guess. what's to stop other people? Yeah. But we'll see. Right, let's jump back into the games because um, we have some minimal time to work with here. But we have Chiefs-Jaguars. Let's jump into it right away. So the Chiefs the Chiefs won 40-26. to 26. 
Um, Chiefs escaped 1-0, Jaguars 0-1 to start the season, and they also lose Nick Foles to a clavicle injury that's going to sideline him for at least eight weeks, and I don't think even at eight weeks he'll be coming back. Probably I think not. this is a season-ending injury. It's to his non-throwing arm, so that's pretty good for the amount of money that they're paying him. Um, but let's see. They're not. I saw this before, but they're not, they're not showing me uh, <laughs> Pat Mahomes' stats. They did this earlier in the week, and they haven't updated it. So he, uh, he broke the stats. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess so because dude's a baller. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of a scare towards uh, I think after the half or right before the half. I, I always forget. I think it was right before. Yeah, right before the half. Um, Pat Mahomes was injured. He has an ankle injury right now that he's dealing with. Yeah. Uh, but he came back um, after Miles Jack got into that brawl with the Chiefs' <laughs> offense, and that gave him enough time to go into the tent, throw a couple passes, like like get ready. Like toss the ball a little bit around, and he was able to come back into the game before, after that dispute happened. So <laughs> it was almost like that was meant to happen. But here's his stats directly: he had 378 yards, three touchdowns. Um, two of them were two. What's his name? Sammy Watkins. Three. All three of them. Three were. of them were to Sammy Watkins. I'm not even looking. Yeah, all three of them were to Sammy Watkins, and you know, because well, now Tyreek well, is yeah, out. Tyreek Hill is out, and he has a sternoclavicular injury. Um, that will sideline him for at least a couple weeks. Um, of course, this happens right after they extend him, and all the uh, and all the accusations and stuff happen. Happen, but uh, yeah, Sammy Watkins nine receptions, 198 yards, three touchdowns. Do you think Sammy Watkins is their number one guy moving forward? Because again, they still got Travis Kelsey, and he only got three receptions for 88 yards. I mean, can't complain about that. But do you think he evenly spreads the ball out a little bit, gets Damian Williams involved, and because now people are expecting Sammy Watkins to have these, you know high numbers and touchdown rates well i mean if, if i remember correctly tyreek did he get hurt before half yeah so um sammy Watkins was putting up these numbers before the half he, he, he had a lot of his production was before the half when tyreek was still out there so he obviously oh, yeah, was yeah, not the, the first the primary. I think the first two was right before he got hurt or something. Yeah, like so he was not the primary focus in that situation. It was more of Tyreek Hill and then Sammy Watkins as that number two. And then after that, he didn't do as much or as well. I mean, it's going to slow down when you have two touchdowns and a ton of yards. It's going to slow down. Like yeah. you're not going to you can't continue with that rate throughout the whole game. But I wasn't expecting that. No, from but, Sammy Watkins. No, not. I at mean, all. they are paying him a lot of money too. They are, but I, I feel like without Tyreek Hill on that field, it's going to. Like Sammy, you said, he's going to be the, the, the main factor, which we're going to see how he could do. Can can he break through that double coverage? Can he really fight that because he's going to be the main guy, or is he going to kind of have a tough time? I mean, Travis Kelsey is a great receiver as well, but he's coming out from a different position. He's not he's lining not up wide. wide. He's receiver, running off yeah. on the line, so yeah, it's, it's different. And they also have Sean McCoy, newly added Sean McCoy. Um, he's reunited with Andy Reid. He had 10 carries, 81 yards, and I think one reception in the passing game, if I'm not mistaken, yep, for 12 yards. Um, and then Damian Williams had 13 carries, 26 yards, and they had a touchdown on the ground. And then Damian Williams also had six receptions, 39 yards. He's heavily involved in the passing game after they released a Kareem Hunt last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so very expected there. Do you think Andy Reid starts getting LaShawn McCoy more involved? Because not a bad game by him for his first game um, getting out of Buffalo. So Yeah, I mean, he was when he was with Andy Reid in uh, Philly, they were they were pretty, They're that, pretty that solid was, together. Yeah. That was his, probably one of his best years. So yep. I yep. don't see why he couldn't get him going again. But I like I mean, Damian Williams too, though. Yeah, I mean, he, it's, he can he can do whatever he's got to do on the ground too. They can utilize him in the passing game. Well, what's what's really tough is that McCoy was so doing so well in Philly, and then you know he goes to to Buffalo and he did he was like non-existent. He just 
they could not get him moving and then everybody was questioning like is he is he going to be the same is he kind of going to retire is he never he's not going to put up these numbers like what's going to happen and i feel like this is second chance his new life so we're, we're really going to see what happens but i think he's really going to strive in this offense so i can go on and on about their offense but at the end of the day sammy it was a sammy watkins field day for mm-hmm. him and pat mahomes should be a-okay going into next week he's still balling out he did miss that one no look past the travis kelsey in the end I zone know. that could have happened but i digress so we have nick Foles going down after his first touchdown pass as a Jacksonville Jaguar, he was 5 for 8, 75 yards and a touchdown, and that touchdown did go to DJ Shark. <laughs> I heard that on Red Zone. They talked about that. But uh, Gardner Minshew comes in in this place. He's a rookie, uh, 22 for 25. I didn't hear about him before this game, before but uh, before the game, by the way. It's my first time hearing of him. But he had 275 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. But uh, not a bad it's game to, bad fit, to fill in for Nick Foles. Not bad. And they just traded for Josh Dobbs off the Steelers, so I don't know who they're going to involve more. Maybe Gardner Minshew as of right now, since he knows the playbook. They're going to mm-hmm. try to get Josh Dobbs more involved maybe he takes over but um, not a bad replacement as of right now I guess against the Chiefs suspect defense I mean their defense has improved so I can't really say that but um, yeah Gardner Minshew filling in the spot there and then we have Leonard Fournette having a Leonard Fournette day I think I predicted this number exactly when I was with you we had 13 carries 66 yards why does he always have those type of games 15 15 yards 50 uh, no, 15 carries for 50 yards and probably a touchdown. He didn't have a touchdown this game, which makes it very quiet quiet um, for fantasy owners. But I don't know how they're going to get him more involved now because if they have Gardner Minshew throwing the ball, um, you're going to be afraid of throwing picks and stuff, and you want to you want to handle the ball to Leonard Fournette. And if he keeps having games like 13 carries, 66 yards, it's, it's not, not a good – not good. Not good at all. No, I mean, it's at least – He's it looks like he's returning back to his old form. He had some issues last year with injuries and, and stuff. He wasn't really performing getting too suspended great. and so, getting his guarantees out of his contract. He's lucky to be a Jaguar right so, now. So yeah, so at least that's he's starting off on a on a on a Leonard Fournette note. We'll see how it goes. But DJ again, DJ Chark had the one touchdown, but he uh, he had a pretty solid day as well. Four receptions, 146 yards. Uh, Chris Conley as well also reached the end zone six carries 97 yards I was definitely expecting you know players like Didi Westbrook to be involved as well do they still have Keelan Cole he was not even like remember Keelan Cole yeah I thought they did have him yeah I forgot but they had uh, James O'Shaughnessy four receptions 32 yards and then Didi Westbrook also reached the end zone five receptions 30 yards so the ball is pretty evenly spread out I mean you could definitely tell in the preseason who Nick Foles was aiming after I think Didi Westbrook was a very highly anticipated guy coming out of the preseason to be targeted in the end zone and um, you know he with with Nick Foles out. I mean, who who knows how these guys are going to be spread out? I don't like their receiving core, like at all. Like uh, I mean, if you put these guys on like the Giants right now, it definitely makes them a better receiving core, just because you know they're guys that could you know who are a- who were able to receive the ball and be spread out that it ends up okay. But there's definitely not a solidified number one guy in Jacksonville, and it's no. been like that for the last three years. Yeah, I mean, I think ever since, well, because they had Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns, but I think uh, Robinson kind of led that, but still, it was the same thing. Like, it wasn't very It was like solidified. a one and two. It wasn't like, here's our number one, we're going to give it to that guy. Yeah. Uh, what else do you want to touch on right now? We're skipping over Dolphins-Ravens, by the way, but I wanted to, te- I wanted to talk to you about this. What do you think of Dolphins players um, going <laughs> to their agent and requesting to get them out of there? It's called the A-B effect. That's what it's called. A-B effect. The A-B I mean, effect. Lawrence Tynes, a kicker for the Giants who won Super Bowls with us, um, has said that the, these guys are running they're, they're running away because they don't know how to handle adversity and come back. Well, what do you think of that comment? I mean, in all honesty, people like 
It's, it's the first game of the season. Yeah, it's the first game, and they've been through nothing compared to what you know some of the Browns players and and Bengals and some some of these other teams. You know, like they they have been, there have been te- the Browns had a season where they didn't even win a game. You just got embarrassed. It's one game. Like it is, if, but wouldn't you say zero and sixteen is on the table for the Dolphins? It this definitely year? is. That's but, why. But they're trying I'm, to get out of there before they're known as being on the team that was. Yeah, but 16. but what I'm saying is, I I feel like their focus in like if they already see that that's a possibility, their focus should not be trying to get out. Their focus should now be let's try to work as a team and try to work as a unit and, and improve so that that does not happen. Yeah, that should be. I feel like that should be their focus. I, but all right, so we'll jump into Bills Jets. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on these guys because at the end of the day, uh, the Jets kind of. Didn't have that that boost in the in the second half of the game. They kind of lost it there. They were up sixteen and zero by the half. Uh, yep. By the end of the day, they're zero and one. The Bills are one and zero. Josh Allen had a pretty rough game. He lost two fumbles, also two interceptions, but he had the one touchdown to to John Brown later in the game to seal the deal. Um, so he's definitely looking past this game onto the next one for him. Devin Singletary, uh, four carries, 70 yards. He was also involved in the passing game a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. Singletary, yeah, he had five receptions, 28 yards. So they're getting him involved in both places a little bit, getting him accumulated because, again, very late into the preseason, they got rid of uh, LaShawn McCoy. So, again, yeah. Devin Singletary, their third-round pick, I think. Um, should be their guy moving forward. Again, John Brown, a big, deep threat. I think him and Josh Allen should be a very good pairing moving forward. Seven receptions, 123 yards, and a touchdown. Um, and again, that last uh, his later yards came in during the second half of the game. But at the end of the day, if, if, if Josh Allen can throw the ball downfield, I think John Brown is going to be a very solid target for him. Mm-hmm. Um, they're involving Cole Beasley a little more. Maybe he'll come around later on, but he had five receptions for 40 yards. Um, yeah, Sweeney that had the two receptions, 35 yards. Singletary, again, like I mentioned before, and then on and on and on there. And they ended up coming back to win the game. But the Jets are having some troubles. They have having kept kicking troubles right now. They just signed Sam Ficken. Yep. Who was with the – He was with the Rams. He was with the Rams. And he was in camp with the Packers this year. And they also just traded for Demarius Thomas um, since the, uh, Quincy Nuno being out. So Sam Donald, 28 for 41, 175 yards and a touchdown. The one touchdown pass was to Le'Veon Bell, so Le'Veon Bell is getting back into regular season form. Again, he hasn't touched the field in the preseason, so he's kind of still getting accumulated after being out a full year, missing his $15 Mm -hmm. million um, franchise tag um, that he declined to sign with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he had 17 carries for 60 yards, not bad. We should see more coming out of him. Their offensive line's a little suspect, but I think Le'Veon Bell's talented enough to work through that. Um, Jameson Crowder, uh, 14 receptions, 99 yards, um, a lot. Apparently... I heard on the radio yesterday that Adam Gase said their wide receivers weren't running their routes correctly, um, so it was a big issue. That's so they ha- they kind of had to throw to Jamison Crowder right off the line of scrimmage a lot. And I think he has the record now, I think like first time in NFL history, that someone with more than 10 receptions didn't have over 100 yards. It's not a good record that Oh, yeah, not at all. 99 <laughs> yards for Jamison Crowder. I expect him to get a lot of work. I, I think he's a pretty solid pairing with him and – and Sam Darnold, I think it'll help him develop a little more. Again, Le'Veon Bell gets involved in the passing game, and he scores the one touchdown, six receptions, 32 yards. Not a bad game at all by him. We're still expecting Robbie Anderson to kind of come through a little more, and maybe he was the mistake that happened. But again, Quincy Anoon was, was playing hurt. They have Josh Bellamy as well. And, I mean, their receiving core isn't too great to me. I mean, they're still waiting for Chris Herndon to come back. Um, off his PED suspension, but you can't rely on Le'Veon Bell too much, and Jamison Crowder, if you're going to keep checking down to him every game, good luck. So that's why I still think the Browns will probably win on Monday Night Football, because I think this loss is going to hurt, and I, th- I think, looking at their schedule moving forward, I think they could possibly be 0-4 going into the season, the worst case scenario if you want to you know, continue to be negative about it, but um, I could totally see it 
And I think just yeah. doing, doing that with Jamison Crowder and Robbie Anderson, I think Robbie Anderson will come around, but that was a bad loss. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like they're, they're relying, everybody is too focused on Le'Veon Bell. Like, yes, he's a great running back, but he's not going to solve all your problems. Yeah. You did not just have a running back issue. You have other issues other than that. So, he, yeah, he's going to fix a little bit of your offense, but don't expect him to now go out there and score three, four touchdowns a game and win you games. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You need to be better in the past game as well. So we'll see how they adjust to that. We'll see what happens Monday. But moving forward here, we got the Redskins-Eagles, a very high-scoring game that I wasn't expecting. Um, but you had the Eagles pulling away 32-27. to uh, Redskins start 0-1. But it was an 0-1 no one was expecting. Everyone was expecting a big blowout, and they, these guys are going to be a bad team moving forward. But a very 0-1 to be proud of, I would say. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't bad at all. Case Keenum performed very well. Um, a lot of people have the Philadelphia Eagles being their Super Bowl pick, so going up against a potential Super Bowl candidate, um, you know, and almost pulling out with the win with what you with the talent that you have is pretty solid. Case Keenum, thirty for forty four, thirty uh, three hundred eighty yards and three touchdowns, not bad at all. Uh, Darius Geis, um, I think he's injured right now, but he, he had is, ten yeah. ten carries, eighteen yards, uh, and then Chris Thompson is going to be involved in the passing game more than a running game, but he had three carries. Uh, Terry McLaurin, no one was expecting. He was their rookie uh, wide receiver coming into the game. He had five receptions, 125 yards, and a touchdown. And what people are optimistic about is if Case Keenum can throw to this guy, um, he should be very, he should do very well, um, especially in fantasy. And even if Case Keenum either goes out, if he goes out with an injury, or he potentially goes downhill from here, if you put um, uh, what's it, what's his name? Why do I always forget? Dwayne Haskins into the game. Uh, he was with him in in uh in Ohio, Ohio State, State yeah. so they play together so that should be a pretty solid connection so I think we should really look out for Terry McLaurin looking uh, going forward here and then Chris Thompson seven receptions 68 yards he's the passing down running back um, they officially activated Adrian Peterson to come into this game uh, by the way first career healthy scratch uh, for Adrian Peterson going to this game but the activated crazy. he will be playing this week in Darius Geis's absence um, yeah I don't have much to say about that it's just you know and if Adrian Peterson is still in the... Re- I don't know why. He should have just retired a while ago, in my opinion. But that's a well, story for another day. Yeah, I mean, he had a good season. Pretty good season last year. Filling in for Darius Geis. Yeah, so... I mean, but I, if... Now Geis is interested, now it's a different topic. But we'll see how knowing he was going to play, I don't know... I don't. I didn't see him doing much in because of that situation. But now, now we'll see how this injury is with guys. And then Vernon Davis, who is now the daddy of the Philadelphia Eagles, <laughs> uh, four receptions, uh, fifty-nine yards, and the touchdown. And the one touchdown, he hurtled over someone, stayed on the sideline, and somehow made it into the end zone. Absolutely phenomenal play. It was that was insane. Yeah. I watched it like ten times on Instagrams or Twitter. Well, because yeah, at first I didn't see it yet on Red Zone. That, I was, it was inhumane, I was checking, unhuman. And I said Vernon Davis. I'm like, because I, I was it was relatively early in the game. I was like, the Redskins scored already? Like, I wasn't expecting that to happen. Crazy. And then I saw the replay, and I was like, wow, that was not Phenomenal supposed play. to happen. No. Like, <laughs> he wasn't even supposed to get out of that play. No. But um, let alone score a touchdown. Um, but Vernon Davis, again, after that, he was very emotional after the uh, loss of his grandfather. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's crazy. It's such a phenomenal story. And I like Vernon Davis, especially when he was on the 49ers um, with Colin Kaepernick. Um, yeah, he I was mean, a beast at the time, but now he's kind of on the downhill of his career just because he's getting older in age, not because he yeah. can't play, obviously, because look at what he's still got in the chamber. But Paul Richardson, four receptions, 35 yards. I feel like he's very – 36 yards. I feel like he's very underrated as a as a – you know, as a Redskins wide receiver, I feel like he can be utilized a lot more in the passing game. Um, 
but yeah, but yeah, not a bad game overall. And yeah, yeah, Trey Quinn who got the one touchdown, four receptions, thirty-three yards. Uh, Case Keenum, not a bad game coming out uh, playing with the Redskins. But the big thing was the Eagles. So you have Carson Wentz going twenty-eight for thirty-nine, three hundred thirteen yards, three touchdowns. So he kind of matched the numbers that Case Keenum put up. Mm-hmm. Darren Sproles nine nine carries, forty-seven yards. I would have never thought he had more. You know, carries, no, well, not more carries because Miles Sanders also had 11 carries but didn't do much with the workload that he was given. But he led the team in yards on the ground, and I, w- yeah. I would have never expected that. I, um, yeah, I wouldn't have either, especially after Sanders and Jordan Howard. I figured, all right, they're they're probably going to be the, the ones on the ground. Sproles will be more of the passing back, but hey, it's crazy. Week one surprises you. It is. And then Jordan Howard, six carries, 44 yards. I feel like he's going to be left in the dust by them when Miles Sanders gets going. Mm-hmm. But We'll see what happens. And he had also on Jeffrey had the one touchdown on the ground for two yards, so that was closer yeah. to the end zone. That was funny. Um, but then you have Deshaun Jackson, eight receptions, 154 yards, two touchdowns, revenge game for Deshaun Jackson on a lot of people's fantasy benches, a lot of people's yes. fantasy teams on the bench. Um, but people were expecting a revenge game, and he went deep twice, and it was very exciting to watch. Yeah, I mean, the he obviously had a great game, but the thing that – I would say what what makes this offense now so scary is they had um, they had Alshon Jeffrey and they had Aguilar too, who were very good receivers. But I feel like they they weren't really vertical. They weren't as good at the vertical game as they were. Like they were very good route runners, but they weren't gonna burn everybody down the sideline. You have Deshaun Jackson; he's burning people now. Yeah, like all you need is Carson Wentz to just throw it up there, and he's just. I love the, them too as a pairing, dude. I they, feel like yeah. he left at the wrong time when Carson Wentz was still coming around, but when Nick Foles and uh, Michael Vick were using him, I feel like he was a very solid deep threat, and he was misutilized in Tampa. And when he was on the Redskins, he was okay, but. He had to leave eventually and sign a new contract somewhere else, and now he's back with the Eagles. I feel like it comes full circle for him, and I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, we have Zach Ertz, five receptions, 54 yards. He'll get involved later on. No, no need to worry about him, especially fantasy-wise. Alshon Jeffrey, uh, five receptions, 49 yards, and a touchdown. He came around later in the game. He didn't have much going on in the beginning of the game. Uh, again, Darren Sproles getting involved in the passing game as well, and it just gets smaller and smaller from there. Aguilar, only two receptions for 11 yards. But, uh, yeah, the Eagles, man, uh, they put up a fight against the Redskins, and I wasn't expecting that type of score. Um, anything else you want to add on this game? No, I just I was just very, very surprised. That yeah, it was I was surprised they close. put up 27. Yeah, it was that close, yeah. And they were actually down at one point in the game. Yeah, I think it was like 16 or 14 or something, something like that. Zero, nothing. yeah. And I, I remember thinking, like, what is happening right now? But No idea, man. Then the second half came, and what everyone expected to happen happened, so... Uh, so I say since we're running low on time here, would you want to touch on the two games that just happened last night or touch yeah. up on a game that happened on Sunday? It's your call. Uh, touch up on the most recent games. All right. And uh, if we get to the other games, we'll get to them. There was a lot of exciting games this weekend, and we'll get to all of them in our next episode. Um, but, uh, I mean, for next week, of course. But uh, we have the Texans-Saints last night. Phenomenal game. I mean, we have some technical difficulties watching the game, but yeah. at the end of the day, we, we saw that we saw the good parts. Uh, we have the Texans and the Saints. Saints won thirty uh, to twenty eight against the Houston Texans. Um, Texans are now zero and one, almost one and zero with almost. how with how the game was ending. But uh, the Saints came through, and Drew Brees got him in position to win the game uh, for getting him in field goal position. And did you see when Will Lutz hit that field goal right after he kicked it? Him and Morstead were already celebrating. Yeah, he already knew. He, knew he already knew off the kick that it was going to go in. 
that was it was baller, man. And I love Will Lutz. He was one of the better kickers in the league. Um, but let's take a look at the Texans for a second because it, it, it's a, it's an awful loss for Week One. But Deshaun Watson did everything he could to win them this game. He got them downfield in two plays for 75 yards and ended off with Kenny a Kenny Stills touchdown. Um, and you couldn't write it any other way because Kenny Stills gets, just gets traded, and you're you're looking at you know Laramie Tunsil who was probably you know paid for at a high price when he shouldn't have, and you really start to see these guys come together. And you're looking at a team that going forward. You're looking. You're not. You're not. You're not counting them out. And um, I think Deshaun Watson is going to get them in position to win every game. He was 20 for 30, 230, 268 yards, uh, three touchdowns and a pick. Um, you know, Carlos Hyde gets involved with his new team as well. 10, 10 carries, 83 yards. I, I really like him as a Texan. And watching him more and more carry the ball, I feel like this is his his home. I think he can really yeah. he can really work there because with a lot of running back spots that you know aren't you know are, are pretty much filled at this point. Um, it's hard to get him involved anywhere else because, again, he was traded to Jacksonville. He was on the Browns where he wasn't guaranteed a spot there as well. And then he was on the Chiefs, and, you know, he makes his way over to te- to the Texans, and I, he's, I think he's, he's making an impact. Fine. He is. And then Duke Johnson's also getting involved too. Kind of a split backfield a little bit, but I feel like Carlos High is going to get most of the work. Yeah. Um, nine carries, 57 yards for Duke Johnson. Uh, Deshaun Watson also scores on a rushing touchdown. Uh, you know, he carried the ball 40, four times for 40 yards. Um uh, DeAndre Hopkins got involved later in the game as well. He was dropping a lot of balls this game. He was he was dropping more. I mean, obviously he didn't drop any last year, so he dropped more than last there year. There was like was a wide a open deep ball that it was kind of like an awkward position for him, but nothing that he couldn't catch, and it just slipped right through his hands. Yeah, I don't I don't know what to think about that. That's, I don't know, but he still put he still up put up great numbers. Yeah, eight receptions, it's... 111 yards, two touchdowns, 13.9 yards per catch, and I and you know that, that easily could have been like 140 yards. It, it easily could have been if easily. he caught everything he's gotten. I saw whenever we saw the ball touch his hands, and I remember the stat last year that we mentioned all the time because it's just absurd that whatever ball touched his hands last year he caught and and he didn't drop anything. And whenever we saw the ball touch his hands and he was dropping these ball, when he was dropping all the footballs being thrown to him, uh, we were just like, what's going on right now? <laughs> yeah, it was. And it's crazy how a wide receiver can have that kind of impact. Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely weird to watch him drop as much as he did but i feel like it didn't i mean man maybe it did play an impact in why they lost but it was yeah. it wasn't just on him we have will fuller moss and people two receptions 69 yards randy moss disagrees he says it wasn't good enough to be better than his catch uh but whatever <laughs> uh kenny still three receptions 37 yards one touchdown one of them to uh for the go-ahead um score uh, to set them up for a win which unfortunately didn't happen but kenny stills expect him to be involved in the in the passing game as well. I feel like all three receivers are like the same in their own different ways. Yeah. Um, but Duke Johnson, four receptions, 33 yards. He'll be in the passing game a lot more. And defensively, they have Whitney Mar- um, Marcellus. Um, had a pretty solid game as well, but he can't do everything on defense. Their defense is okay, and, and then it's their first game without Jadavian Clowney. And, again, wasn't too bad. Um, but we have Drew Brees on the other side. Uh, had went 32 for 43, 370 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. My question to you is, on that one possession after the Kenny Stills touchdown, when they got downfield and you know they're trying to get in the field goal position and they finally get it, and that one catch where, you know, I forgot who caught it, but they fell down and they were touched right away to give them like a second left or like a couple seconds left. Like, why don't you just let the clock run out? Um, yeah, I've been reading up on this and I've been seeing it a lot. Apparently, if a player gives themselves up. There's a rule apparently if the player gives himself up that that's the clock st- doesn't stop either way. I guess if you curl up in a ball, you that, give yourself up. That's what I'm up. saying. I, I apparently 
I don't know. I don't read the rule book. I don't know. But uh, from what I read, apparently if you give yourself up, the play is dead, and then they would have been able to call a timeout. Makes sense. But I, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not a ref. But So we got Alvin Kamara, 13 carries, 97 yards. He makes some electrifying plays. No surprise there. Alvin Kamara is a phenomenal running back. He was also involved in the passing games, seven receptions, 72 yards. Expect him to have a monster games moving forward. You have Latavius Murray also reaching the end zone. Um, Taysom Hill gets a receiving touchdown, which is insane. Um, Taysom Hill is going to be a big factor in their wins this year. Uh, Traquan Smith reaches the end zone. I fully expect him to at least score a touchdown every home game because whenever he's whenever they're away, he's like an ex, he's like no factor at all yeah. in the way they play. But Michael Thomas, ten receptions, hundred twenty three yards, didn't reach the end zone, but a pretty great game by him. Um, Ted, Ted Ted Ginn. Uh, had seven receptions, 100 yards. He's their deep threat guy. Jared Cook, two receptions, uh, 37 yards. His new team, he's still getting accumulated in there. Uh, but yeah, it really only it came down to that last kick with Will Lutz, man. And uh, you know, last thing I wanted to touch on was that Kymie Fairbairn missed kick um, that was called. Uh, oh, the extra point. Yeah, the, the yeah. Fle- uh, yeah, the. Um, I forgot who hit him, but uh, he was a rookie. I don't remember. His yeah, name. and people were questionable about it because. Apparently you can't hit that foot that he hit, but if he hit any other part of his body, he would have been fine. I've never heard of that. Like the foot, like his back foot that he's like landing on, like not the one that's in the air. Like you can't touch that leg or anything like that. I don't know, but again, it was very close because he was done with the kick. So why is it being called, you know, why is it being called back? Why is it a flag? I mean, I'm assuming because he, what do they call it? They call it roughing the kicker, right? Yeah, and he was done well, with the that, kick. Well, it wasn't like a, like roughing, you know, roughing the kicker. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the non. I'm pretty sure it's the plant leg. Roughing yeah. the kicker. So that's probably why, because he even though he didn't, even though he went through, they still hit him in the leg. I mean, I know it was after the kick, but it's still if you. Yeah, run it was a little bit of a flop by Kami Fairbairn. It was, but I'm saying a little bit. Th- by rule, if you run into the plant leg of a kicker, it's a penalty, and and that's what happened. I mean, it ended up not costing them the game, but had it cost them the game, I can't even imagine what would have gone on. We're having a different discussion today if that happened. I can't even imagine what would have gone on because we all know what happened with the Saints the last time they were on the field before Sunday or before Monday, so... Uh, that would have been the icing on the cake if a, a ref call cost them another game right after. But yeah. So what game you want to go through next? I don't know how much time you got left to work with, but we're kind of trying to wrap up here. Your computer's dying, so. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. We don't have much time to work with here, but. Right, we'll cover. Let's see. We'll, we'll probably get one more. In. I'll say this about the Giants, though, and I'm not going to go in, in too deep with them because they were just, just manhandled defensively. Um, but, you know, you really can't rush Daniel Jones to be coming into play. I'm going to say this right now because you can have whoever you want at quarterback right now, but that's not going to change the fact that on defense you're getting everyone's getting flamed and everyone's wide open. Like, that's not going to change anything. Eli Manning threw for 300 yards, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, 306 yards and a touchdown. You can't blame him for anything. The offensive line was fine. Um, Saquon Barkley had a phenomenal game, didn't reach the end zone, but – at the end of the day, dude, I think their defense is bad, and I think keep Eli in there, and then this offseason, let's just get more defensive players in here and focus on Daniel Jones moving forward. Getting him into this game, don't rush to start him. Like, if he starts this year at some point, fine, but let, let's not rush to start him right now. Yeah, I mean, going on what you said about your defense, your defense is very young. I feel like you, you brought in some veterans, 
But I feel like you're starting in terms of your secondary. They're very young. Yeah, we got DeAndre and Baker getting flamed by exactly. Amari Cooper. You got Hamilton. Whoever, Randall Cobb stiff farming people. Yeah, what's you, going on? That, that's what I'm saying. You had, I at one point I don't know if it was your your safety's fault, if it was a corner, a linebacker. I don't know who they're was just covering. Not on the, they're not in the same. Someone place. was supposed to be covering their tight the Cowboys side and Jarwin, and he went right up the middle of the field uncovered we got jason Witten coming out of retirement scoring touchdowns on us it was just a ridiculous game i'm not going to touch on it more it the whole the title of this game is pretty much giants defense um get better what, what's a, what's a great game that we missed we have like colts chargers if you want to do that i didn't i missed a lot of the broncos raiders because it was running late it was like 10 30 over here um but josh jacobs he did well very phenomenal very game. very good them coming out with the win is, is phenomenal it's within huge. itself um let's touch up on uh the, the Lions just a little bit because yeah. nothing was happening towards the end of the game. Or again, our buddy put out put down a thousand dollars that the Lions would win, and I mean I, I would have bet the Cardinals would win, but I mean the the Lions would win, but not by a thousand dollars. But the, but the Lions are, are are a good team. But how do you end up with a tie? I hate ties, and I feel like they, they should be get they should be gone by now. But <laughs> I feel like they didn't put their their trust in Matthew Stafford towards the end of the game when they were giving up all these points, and Kyler Murray was starting to. You know, put things together and start making plays with Larry Fitzgerald, who still got it, by the way. Oh, yeah. Dude's an animal. Um, but again, Matthew Stafford, you don't put your trust in him. You have Amendola making that mistake about not, what was it, not staying in bounds or something like that. Yeah, well, they also had one of their main issues, speaking about what you said, trusting Matthew Stafford, is he made some, I think he, he called an audible or something. He was changing the play on one of the like crucial plays in regular time before yeah. overtime. There's probably like a minute or two left in in this game, and he it's like a third and short, and he calls an audible and they get it, but one of their like it wasn't the head coach it was not Matt Patricia it was one of their other coaches called a timeout probably Bevel so Bevel. the play didn't count, and then they ended up not getting the first down and that's why the uh, yeah. that's why the Cardinals ended up coming back and tying up the game and then sending it to overtime yeah they. Did not trust. Come on, Stafford. Matthew Stafford's your veteran quarterback. This guy has an arm. He signed. You signed that contract with him. Just give him the opportunity, man. A lot of people would kill to have Matthew Stafford on their team, and yeah. you're lucky enough to have him. You guys could be rebuild, rebuilding at quarterback too, but you have Matthew Stafford. He's going to be there for a very long time. Why don't you utilize him, dude? He had three touchdowns, 385 yards, 27 for 45. I mean, Carry on Johnson's still getting involved in the running game. You're splitting the backfield a little bit with C.J. Anderson, but I expect Carry on Johnson to win over the backfield. T.J. Hawkinson scores the mo- has the most yardage by a rookie in his debut of all time in mm-hmm. a game by I think by a tight end or something like that I don't know yeah. if it gets too specific but again six receptions 131 yards and a touchdown I dropped him before week one so that's awesome um but Danny Amendola again he had a pretty solid game but then towards the end of the game he started making mistakes and that overshadowed his performance seven receptions 104 yards he also reached the end zone Kenny Galladay reaches the end zone seven, four, four receptions 40, 42 yards every piece you really want is you really want to perform is putting up these numbers and they're putting up the things that they, the numbers that they should be, but then we have you know Kyler Murray who had a bad game all game. He threw fifty four times. Usually when you for, you throw more than fifty times or close to fifty times, you're bound to lose. Um, and they also had this weird play call where they decided not to go for it on fourth down and decide to kick it. And people were like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. But at the end of the day, uh, they it still ended up tying. Yeah, and uh, again, twenty nine for 40, 54, 300 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Um, David Johnson also gets in the end zone. Larry Fitzgerald, eight receptions, hundred and thirteen yards. Call him an old man all you want. This guy could play till he's fifty if you want him to. Dude's an absolute maniac. But at the end of the day, they ended up tying. Lions dropped the ball on this one. Shouldn't have tied the game. Um, 
And you can't fall back in the NFC North, I'm telling you right now, because you could be tied, you could be ahead of, um, you know, the only own one Bears, but you can't, it costs a lot in this league to lose games, let alone tie. You have to be ahead in that NFC North division. You got the Packers who are one and zero. You got the Vikings who are one and zero already, and then you have the tied Vi- uh, Lions, and the Bears are going to bounce back one way or another. So, mm-hmm. um, that you, you dropped the ball on that one. You should be one and zero right now. Bears should be in last place, um, which they are just because of the tie. But a little ridiculous. Uh, how much time you got? How much are we working with here? I think we could do this one. All right, we'll do this we'll last do game. I'm, I'm not going to go in depth with the, uh, like, what am I missing here? I'm really only missing the Bengals, Seahawks, and the 49ers, Buccaneers, and Jameis, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, not their best games. Um, Bengals held on, couldn't produce. Um, Seahawks have Clowney. How much more can I talk about them? Um, again, Broncos, Raiders, again, congratulations to the Raiders. We'll see moving forward what happens. Broncos, you know awful but uh <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> i'm telling you right now they're awful but uh this is this is a big game as well we're gonna last game on the docket here we got the chargers colts chargers took the victory in walk-off fashion in overtime um mm-hmm. 30 and 30 to 24 uh chargers are one and zero. colts are zero and one but what i take my takeaway from this game is that the colts uh shouldn't take this loss too hard because they were fighting till the very end, dude, and yeah. I think they got they got something here. P- teams should still be afraid of them. They shouldn't be overlooked just because Andrew Luck's out. You have a bunch of other pieces that were involved that were going to help Andrew Luck in the long run, and they're there right now. Jacoby Brissett signed that contract for two years, thirty million. They bring in Brian Hoyer, Hoyer as their backup. Maybe going forward, they try looking for another quarterback. But as of right now, Jacoby Brissett is their guy. Mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton is fighting for his life to give these guys an opportunity to win. Um, I, if anything, the, the Colts didn't, to me, the Colts didn't lose. I think these guys put up a fight till the very end. Yeah. I think they did a lot better than many teams anticipated with the whole Andrew Luck situation. They had literally in the middle of the preseason, everybody was planning for Andrew Luck to be the quarterback, and then out of nowhere, he just retires. So I feel like for what they... And that was hard to go through. Oh and, yeah, and to be coming into this game almost winning, and you tie the game twenty four twenty four with a chance to to win the game. After all that happened, I mean, you know, hats off to them, definitely. Yeah, it was it was it was nice to see. I mean, they didn't end up winning, but it was good to see that they actually had some heart and they fought through it. They didn't just let that moment define their. Whole well, let's take season. a look at their performances. You got Jacoby Brissett twenty one for twenty seven, hundred ninety yards, two touchdowns. He fills in the, he he likes he fills in that spot of Andrew Luck pretty well. Um, so you can't really can't really complain about that. But you got Marlon Mack, twenty five carries, hundred seventy four yards, wow. and a touchdown. <laughs> Whoa! Like this guy's getting a, a lot of the workload, and he wasn't involved in the passing game too much. But he's usually you know a passing back, passing down back as well. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but they gave him that workload, and he's going to be their ground and pound guy as long as he stays healthy. He's had some health issues in the past, especially his rookie year. Um. You have T. Y. Hill and eight receptions, eighty seven yards. Pretty quiet game until he tied that game and just monstering his way through to the end zone. Yeah. It was amazing to watch. Um, T.Y. Hilton, is th- this is a team he's willing to fight for. He is a cult at heart, and yeah. I love seeing it. And um, I'd I- I love to see him play moving forward. And you got Funches, who I think will be out for a very long time with his injury. I think he also had a clavicle injury. Yeah, I think he's, um, to he his might collarbone. be out for the season. Yeah, and then we have Ebron, uh, who missed a catch in the end zone, which he is known of for doing. Like last year, he had a pretty up year, but before that on the Lions, he was doing the same thing, dropping he was catches dropping in the lot. end zone. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure what to expect from him moving forward. But then you have Jack Doyle with one reception, 20 yards. Not a lot of tight end usage here, but at the end of the day, uh, the Colts did all they can to win. But let's look at the Chargers side because they're the ones that actually won. Uh, 25 for 34 for Phillip Rivers, 333 yards through the air, three touchdowns and a pick. Austin Eckler balling out. 
Melvin who? Uh, Melvin who? Yeah, yeah, a lot of people are saying that right now. Melvin who? Um, do you think? I mean, I'm not even going to read his stats right now, but from what you see from ha- happening with Austin Eckler, and they're going to utilize Justin Jackson moving forward as well. Can't forget about him. Do you think they end up paying Melvin Gordon, or do you think they're going to keep Austin Eckler around? I truthfully think this wasn't a fluke game, but I definitely think Austin Eckler is not going to have this type of usage moving forward. I mean, take away overtime, and they held their lead. He, he doesn't have as big of numbers. He was very utilized in the passing game, but that one touchdown was the walk-off win um, on, on the ground. So, Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it did not. this did not help Melvin Gordon's case at all. That This definitely hurt him a lot, obviously, because... Austin Eckler showed up, and even uh, Justin Jackson didn't do bad either. So uh, even if they don't have their trust in Austin Eckler as like a long-term future kind of guy, Justin Jackson's young. If, if they put their trust in him, he might be their next running back. I mean, if they're doing well without Melvin Gordon and he wants all this money, they the situation they're in right now, they don't need him back right away they, they after need, this They game. need to pay Phillip Rivers at the end of this yeah. year. Yeah. From, in this like, standpoint like a, of this like a game, Ben Roethlisberger deal, yeah, like that kind of deal. Yeah, I mean, in the standpoint of this game, they're still okay. They can they can do without him for right now. I, I think mean, for right now they'll be okay, but I think Melvin Gordon makes Philip Rivers better. I think yeah. overall Philip Rivers is better with Melvin Gordon because of the way he opens things up for everyone else. And again, Keenan Allen could play well. Tyrell Williams last year played pretty well um, as a deep threat, and it opened everything up for everyone. And it made yeah. Melvin Gordon even better all around. It made everyone better. Better. So we'll, we'll see moving forward, but. Austin Eckler, 12 carries, 58 yards and a touchdown, averaged 4.8 yards per carry, and then he had the uh, two touchdowns in the through the air. He had six receptions, 96 yards, very solid game as a passing down back. Uh, Justin Jackson again getting involved a little bit. He had um, a little bit of some, a little bit of usage, six carries, 57 yards. Um, again, they'll utilize him more, like I said before. Keenan Allen had an amazing game, eight receptions, 123 yards and a touchdown. Um, Hunter Henry will be involved later on, but I don't know how much more they're going to be using him because a lot of people, I've never seen a tight end with so much question marks. Like, uh, (laughs) with ACL injury, no one knew how he was going to be coming back, but he had four receptions, 60 yards, and that's not bad for a tight end, but at the same time, do you expect usage like that moving forward out of Hunter Henry? They got a lot of other mouths to feed, like Mike, Mike Williams, who I think was taken out of the game with an injury, and then they had to look to Travis Benjamin. I don't know. I mean, he when he was healthy before all these injuries, he was a big part of that offense. So, Well, I remember very clearly in fantasy because uh, he had three straight weeks, 13, 14, 15. Yeah. Like one, like one point up each and every week. The next week he had one point when I picked him up. So thanks a lot, Hunter Henry. Um, but, yeah, not, not sure. But maybe they'll utilize him moving forward. I'd like to see Hunter Henry get after it. I'd like to see the next tight end up. He's a big body guy. He could... He could do anything. He could block. He could, you know, he, he came back during the playoffs of last year. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But, again, this ended in overtime, 30-24. to 24. Anything else to say about that game? No. I think I'm good. So, we've gone through a lot of games. I think the only games we miss is the Rams, Panthers, and uh, the big storyline here, and I'll touch up on this and then we'll wrap it up, because the Rams, their big question mark is, is Todd Gurley good? Yeah, it's... Is he okay? Not I, good. I know he's good, but is he okay? Yeah, because I mean, who who was their backup? What's his, what's the guy's name? Malcolm, Malcolm Brown. Yeah, Malcolm Brown. Two he, touchdowns. Yeah, he, he, like, this is what C.J. Uh, Anderson was doing last year. 
Like, what is? Why is he not? Why is Todd Gurley not I, getting the looks? Me personally, I think his health. I think his health is okay. I think there's going to be you're, you're going to get your bumps and bruises uh, as time goes on. But later on in the game, he did enough to get 14 carries and 97 yards. I don't even have to look at the stats to know that. But they utilize him in the passing game a little more. The, Sean McVay said there was no pitch count as to what you know how they're going to utilize you know um, Todd Gurley. But mm-hmm. Malcolm Brown, two touchdowns. One of the touchdowns they they put him in twice. Uh, and then one of the drives they put him in twice, and he ended up scoring on the second try. And then the next one he was in on the full drive. So it's kind of like, what's going on here? No yeah, idea. I, I I don't know if they're worried to try to give him too much workload at the beginning because they don't want him to re-aggravate his injury. I I don't know. But the Rams held on at the end of the day. They won thirty to twenty-seven. And on the Panthers' side, Christian McCaffrey's just a absolute baller. And then DJ Moore is going to come around later on, um, as you know Cam Newton gets better as time goes on. Um, he he has a pretty good matchup going into the uh, this week's game on Thursday with yeah. the Carolina Panthers and um, the Bucks. The Bucks. Uh, well, we'll see on Thursday night. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, we're gonna see how Todd Gurley's health is moving forward. Do you think? Uh, uh, one last thing, and then we'll wrap it up. I know I'm stalling a little bit, <laughs> but do you think Jared Goff deserves 110 million dollars? Um. Him and I, Carson Wentz got paid. I I feel like we we haven't seen an, a, a lot a lot or we haven't seen enough from either of them because the year that they made it to the the Eagles made it to the Super Bowl. Yes, they won the Super Bowl, and yeah, he had a big part of that because he played most of the regular season. But the postseason is really what matters. That's that's kind of what matters. I mean, when you, you joke about Eli all the time, oh, it's like playoff Eli, like it's a different person. But that's what you want. Like if you can get your team there. You need to then kick it into that next gear and really take off. And we don't know what to really expect from him in the playoffs in terms of Carson Wentz. And then with Jared Goff, we kind of know because he made it to the Super Bowl, which is not easy to do. Um, he, he's he been to the playoffs. He went to the playoffs, I think, the year or two before that. So he has he definitely has the talent, but I don't know if I would have paid him yet. I, I, I don't know. He had some time, but they paid him anyway. He made it to a Super Bowl. There's a lot more in his on his resume than Dak Prescott has. He has one playoff win, and he's already asking for $40 million a year. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll monitor with that. Um, we didn't have enough time to recap week, you know, not recap week two because it didn't happen yet, but to to do our predictions for week two and see, see what to expect. But um, I, I think this is a little gift for everyone listening that we went through every single game because I think moving forward, I think we'll just cover the, one of the better the better games of the week yeah. and you know we'll just touch on other games. I mean, like this week, I didn't have to touch on the Giants that much because their defense was pretty much the reason why they lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see moving forward, and uh, you know, you know, we'll shorten it up a little bit so we have enough time to go over the the next week's games. Um, but yeah, football's officially back, going into week two already. I'm very excited. Um, anything else you need to add before we get out of here? Because we're at at a full at like this is as long as Avatar <laughs> in the movie theater. So uh, yeah, not, so yeah. So if you're watching Avatar, you know you could just play us and play this while you watch. Because, it, but, yeah, but no, nah, I think that is all for me. All right. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna split this up into two yet. I just might. But we also recorded. We got the lights on. Expect more content coming out of Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. That being said, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at franchise tag pod. Follow the franchise tag NFL. Actually, subscribe to the franchise tag NFL podcast on youtube i think that should be it just make sure to look at those things more content should be coming out and we'll be back soon thank you guys for listening 